Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I'm talking with Marissa Wiltshire. She is with the York Region Food Network. Welcome, Marissa. Thanks, Marge, for having me. You are very welcome. I am so glad we have found the time for this conversation. First, tell us a little about yourself. How did you get to be working with the York Region Food Network? Okay, well, um, back in 2010, it was, my mom and I started a not-for-profit organization called Seeds for Change. And our goal was to connect children to where their food comes from, and also to connect the community um, back to growing their own food. So we would launch community gardens in sort of underutilized spaces and in schools across the York region. Um, And the demand for the program was really high. So uh, it was only the two of us, and we also had uh, an amazing intern working with us, Um, but we needed more help and we needed some funding, and we reached out to York Region Food Network, who was already running programs and really had an amazing guideline and resources um, for gardens, and they became kind of our umbrella organization, which was wonderful. They supported us with grant writing and resources and staff. And eventually Seeds for Change merged with uh, York Region Food Network, and it's now the name of our urban agriculture division here. (laughs) Um, So I started working as the urban agriculture coordinator here. Um, Then I moved on to communications coordinator, and now I'm director of operations. So I've worn many, many hats. (laughs) You you have. Now, in your background, you were obviously I had interest in gardening. Do you have any formal training or do you just like to get your hands dirty? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm really great at organizing things. So I didn't have tons of uh, experience with gardening and things like that, but I, I've always been a, a really wonderful organizer. Um, so I would always bring people in for the gardening po- portions of things. And then I could get like a movement um, going off and running. Okay, good organizer. I like that. Very good. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, can you tell us a little more about the York Region Food Network? I I say that to some people, like, what what is that? Yes, 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 yes. I I mean, we get um, confused with so many different things because of our name. But the York Region Food Network was established in 1986, uh, way before I started with us. <laughs> and the goals were to connect and support food pantries across York Region at that time. Um, in the early 1990s, we started um, our first community garden. And over the past 15 years or so, York Region Food Network really has focused its work on operating uh, community food programs, such as gardens, uh, community kitchens. We run cleaning programs, community meals that improve access to fresh foods, but also they build community connections and skills and knowledge. Um, outside of that, we are working across the food system to build connections for actions, policies, um, and strategic planning. 
And then also uh, educating about evidence-based solutions to food insecurity, specifically advocating for income response to food insecurity. For example, like transitioning minimum wage into livable age, um, exploring basic income, and advocating for an increase in social assistance rates. Ooh, some lofty goals, um, <laughs> you know, strong advocacy, strong activism, and I'm hoping you pull a lot of people in to uh, help you there. So, yeah, yes, uh, definitely. Lot, lots uh, needs to get done. Uh, now, let's you start. You've told me something about how it got started. I hear there is a York Region Food Charter. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Okay. So um, the York Region Food Charter was published in 2013, and it was published with the participation of many organizations, farmers, community members, we had government representatives and businesses, um, and a lot of community consultation. Uh, the Food Charter is a vision of what community wants our local food system to look like. So the York Region Food Charter was adopted by many municipalities in York Region and became a foundation for community food initiatives, food systems, um, and public policy discussions to start. So in 2018, the York Region Food Council uh, was created to be the arm to support the implementation of the food charter in the community. Okay. Uh, Yes, yeah, I'm going to put the food a link directly to the food charter. I think it's something that uh, people would want to actually review uh, on that. So thank you for telling me all about that. So can I um, just uh, elaborate a little? I just wanted to say that the 2013 uh, food charter it's currently undergoing community consultations mm -hmm. for an update. So its language better reflects uh, what we now know and is more inclusive and accessible to all. Um, and to reflect the principles of food sovereignty. So what we'd like to say is um, the food charter will guide the work of York Region Food Council and will be the foundation on which a food system report card um, for York Region will be created. And in the fall, like a little bit later in the fall, we'll be having a York Region Food Charter working group um, and we'll be seeking public feedback on this document and all of its mm -hmm. updates. So I really wanted just to mention that because um, we'd love for everyone to keep an eye out on our event calendar, which will be on our website and on our social medias for ways to get involved in uh, the food charter update. Okay, that sounds <laughs> like, yeah, a lot's happening. Uh, but I think, yes, it's important. And I think a lot of people will be wanting to tune in. I think it makes sense that uh, after 10 years that it does get an update. A lot has happened in terms of food security in the last 10 years. Absolutely. Okay. York Region Food Network does several things. Uh, in reviewing your website, one thing that popped out was uh, kitchen programs. I believe there are cooking classes, a drop-in breakfast on Tuesdays. Can you elaborate on these kitchen programs? Absolutely. Um one of the main outcomes of York Region Food Network's work is to build community. And we find that food is a really easy connector to do that. So we host a community drop-in breakfast every Tuesday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for the community. Everyone is welcome um, to come in, sit down, and dine together. 
many people join us from all over. We have lots of people from the Welcome Center coming out to meet new people. We've seen so many friendships develop um, through this program from volunteers to all the participants. Um, that's one of the programs, but our, our cooking programs um, are there to build food literacy and food skills and create opportunities for, again, people to come together, build some new friendships, try new foods, and enjoy a meal with others. Very um, nice. Yeah. We currently are running a couple of food programs at the moment, one in Markham called Food and Belonging, which is a workshop series for all ages where we talk about food, uh, taste what we make, and get to share about our cultures. And participants practice new skills, try new foods, and connect with their community. And we're starting a new program in Richmond Hill shortly, um, later in the fall, I believe, a pilot project. And the goal is to use food-based programming to build community within York Public Housing. So um, there will be more details on that as, as that comes to be, but we're just in the planning phases of it. Okay, well, good. Please uh, keep me posted what happens uh, with that. Okay, York Region Food Network is also involved with urban agriculture, <laughs> specifically community gardens, seed library, gleaning, which is a word I think you better explain because I needed to explain to me when I first heard that term, and composting. Can you can you talk about these programs? Yeah, of course. It as you can see, we have a lot of hats and a lot of pillars in our programming. Um, we do run two allotment gardens and two collective gardens across York Region. So allotments are plots that are for particular households or individuals and collective is everybody come together to share the work and share the harvest. We are generally the go-to organization um, for many to gain advice and guidelines on how to get started with their own garden um, policies and programming. We have run a seed library for many, many years now. Well, I think 2018 is maybe when we started. Um, and folks borrow seeds, grow plants, and then save seeds and return it to our seed library often. We also get a lot of donations that go to the seed libraries. Recently, the seed library was hosted at, in Unionville at the Markham Public Library, and now it's moving for the 2024 season, I believe, to Vaughn. Okay. Okay, gleaning. Tell us about <laughs> gleaning. I like that word. Yes, gleaning. So we have... Um, lots of we have wonderful relationships with local farmers and at the end of the season um there's often a lot of produce that are still you know in on the farms that haven't been used or that are not so pretty um so what we will do is we will either go out with a group of um, volunteers or our staff and glean the product which is to take all the product in and then be able to use it for programming or um, offer it out to the community or the farmers will take the produce instead of tilling it in and putting it back into the soil and donate it to our programs so we're able to reach a lot of folks in the community with um, some in incredibly healthy wonderful food <laughs> very good Okay, and you do composting as well as something else. So do you run composting workshops? 
Yes, we've been running composting workshops for quite some time. Over the pandemic, uh, we launched a compost learning hub and we ran virtual classes to share how to compost, improve soil health, um, grow food and save seeds. And last year, we actually secured a physical space, um, which we officially launched this year as a demonstration garden. And we're now able to showcase many different styles of composting systems, as well as teach about water conservation, growing, seed saving, pollinators, and even waste reduction, which is part of the main goals there. Now, I first got to know you um, at the Family Services of York Region meetings, where you were excited to talk about and show off the Good Food Box. Uh, please tell us what this is and where does the food come from? Who are the boxes for? And I believe funds that have been secured um, will go to some family in need. So please tell us more. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so we've been running the Good Food Box program for a long time now. Uh, recently, we just expanded our service from Aurora and Markham to uh, include Richmond Hill and Stouffville. So the Good Food Box, it's a produce box that contains generally six to eight seasonal vegetables and fruits purchased from a local farm, which is 19th Avenue in Markham. Um, and we purchase it at a wholesale rate. So our cost is $18 for the box. And then we pass that rate along to the consumer. So the Good Food Box is open to everyone. It is not limited to anyone to purchase or um, we want to make sure that it's accessible for everyone. It, it is available on the first and third Wednesday of each month. Um, the Richmond Hill location uh, to pick up is at the Community Reformed Christian Church of Richmond Hill. That's a very long name. <laughs> it's at 45 Crosby Street. Um, and you can just easily place a, an order on the website and just click on the Good Food Box and, and you'll see it there. Yeah. Uh, regarding the uh, funding for the Good Food Boxes um, and it going out to families in the community, Family Services of York Region did secure funds to purchase 100 Good Food Box each month and that goes out to 50 households across the south central richmond hill community and the boxes are distributed to the households experiencing food insecurity i heard people at the meeting uh you both of us were at that yeah can i just donate and let more people in need get these boxes like it just it felt good to do it so yeah i'm sure i'm, I'm going to put your email address there and if people are interested if they have a group uh, i think it's a great idea and like, does it run through in January? Do you still operate it? Yeah, it's year round. It is, uh, yeah, it is a year round program. We look to get all of our food as local as possible. Um, we do a lot of greenhouse growing. We buy, we purchase from a lot of greenhouses, you know, in, in the winter months. Um, but we also will get food um, from the terminal where needed. But that's just part and parcel. We want to just make sure that there's um it's it's an accessible price for folks to be able to access food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not much is grown here in January, so yeah, yeah exactly. That. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. All of your programs are really ways of addressing food insecurity. This is a phrase that's so often used lately. How would you define food insecurity? Good question. Um, well, 
food insecurity would be the inadequate or insecure access to food due to financial constraints. Um, many of our programs help to build community connections and food sovereignty. They build skills and confidence among residents and they may improve food security. These types of programs are vital to the community, but what I wanted to reiterate is we cannot say that they reduce food insecurity because food insecurity is a problem of inadequate income. Um, and it's not solved by food, right? Food insecurity is the, yeah, is, yeah. sorry. No, it, it's, uh, this is an issue we need to talk about. There's, it's a systemic issue uh, mm -hmm. that we need to really address. You know, the idea of families going to the dollar store to get all their food, I just, I shudder to think about that, uh, you know, the idea that we can't eat nutritious food because of lack of income really makes me sad yeah yeah so absolutely you do partner with many organizations so can you you've mentioned some but could just can you reiterate and emphasize uh, some really strong partners you have um it's hard to really like we, we work with so many different organizations. Um, we really try to partner with as many groups and institutions in the community as possible. A lot of grassroots organizations, nonprofits and charities, uh, businesses and municipalities and regional government. Um, I, I can't just name uh, name a, a couple few okay. because I feel I, I, I just feel like, you know, I'll be missing out on so many. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who knows who's listening to this podcast? Marissa, you didn't mention me. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll let you be general. Just say a lot of people have stepped up. A lot of organizations have stepped up. Levels of government have stepped up and such. And you know, we're doing this podcast to increase the reach. So more people really know what you're doing and, uh, you it, it grows because it's you're doing some really good work thank you what i will say is that on uh, when we when we were counting through all the organizations that we were working with in the communities um from last year we had over 230 uh, organizations that we were connecting with and working alongside so th there's there are very many <laughs> oh that is impressive so yes okay you do not need to list all 233 of them <laughs> Now, I did note um, that you deal mainly with vegetables, probably fruit as well. Um, you know, what about meat, poultry, fish, eggs, dairy, um, um, you know, most grains? Uh, yeah. Well, our focus is really based on fresh vegetables and fruits because they're important for a healthy diet and to prevent any chronic disease. And they also can be we realize very expensive. So we use them in our programs that we're able to share food. Our meals and uh, classes showcase a variety of food cultures and dietary preferences as well. Um, and at the core of each engagement, it's enjoying and celebrating local seasonal grown produce. So that's what um, we really work towards highlighting. There's there's no issues <laughs> with grains and all of uh, all of the other things, but just to again to make it very accessible for all our programming, fruits and vegetables are the highlights. That's what you're focusing on. Okay, yeah. I like my fruits and vegetables, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> uh, so, what's in store for the New York Region Food Network? Do you are there aspirations, plans that you're sort of waiting to uh, tell us about? 
Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, uh, York Region Food Network hopes that food insecurity rates in York Region will decrease and that there won't be any need for our services and initiatives. Um, until that happens, though, uh, we'll be continuing to support York Region communities with services um, such as the launch of an affordable food market, which we're just beginning, um, and through systems change that work um, and that will build a more coordinated like more coordination across the food system and advocate for income responses to food insecurity. So on the policy side of things, I kind of touched base on this. We're working on updating the York Region Food Charter and we have a youth food committee who will be hosting a few open meetings this fall with guest speakers. So again, if you guys wanna keep an eye out on our social medias for more details, that's great. Food access wise, as I mentioned, we're just working on bringing in a fresh, affordable food market to four different municipalities. So we've got a pilot initiative that starts this month or next. It's it's in the planning phases as well, um, but we'll be um, working with Georgina, Richmond Hill, um, Markham, and we already have something that's running in Newmarket. Um, and then some fun things and upcoming campaigns. We have a Love Your Leftover a Love Your Leftovers contest uh, that should take place in November. It's just a fun way to reuse some of the leftovers um, that we have just to reduce some food waste. And there's some good contest prizes there. And then in the spring of 2024 we'll be doing a good food challenge. Okay. I think I may, <laughs> I got some ideas for that food leftovers. I think I'm really good at that. So. Oh, okay. I'm coming okay. to you then. <laughs> okay. No, thank you for that. So uh, that is uh, great to hear. Thank you for sharing those. Lots to look forward to. You got a, you know, it's a serious issue, but I think you're having some fun doing it, which is in my opinion, perfect. Um, Marissa, is there anything else that you'd like to add? I really feel like I've spoken too much. <laughs> there's, there's not really much I'd like to, to con yeah, to add to this conversation. I, I feel like you asked some really wonderful questions, and I really appreciate you taking the time to learn more about what we do. Yeah, no, it's a. I think we need to, and I don't think a lot of people knew that they needed to know about this organization. So I hope everyone keeps uh, you on their radar. Um, I will put the pot in the podcast notes, the website, your Facebook, Instagram, and your email. If someone really wants to reach out to you, um, I may put a definition of gleaning in that uh, <laughs> as well in the podcast notes. So it's a good word to stump people on. Wonderful. Thank you. And uh, I do end the podcast asking the same question of everyone. Name one thing you really like about this community. One thing is so hard. <laughs> the cultural diver diversity is incredible. I, I can say that. Uh, and I will say, Marge, you. Okay. I, I, I think that having a, such an incredible advocate uh, for environment, for community, um, you're always driving so much good into the city and community. And I just wanted to say thank you. So <laughs> you're, you're very welcome for saying that. And yes, it's a, I love uh, sort of letting people know what's happening. There really are so many good people and good organizations that I just, I think we'd all feel better just knowing who and what was out there. So that, that really is my, my mission is to make us all feel good by knowing that we live in good communities. 
Mentioning cultural diversity is uh, is important. I think it's something we really need to celebrate that we are so fortunate that uh, we've got so many interesting, diverse people around and our lives are enriched uh, because of that. So yeah, we can all eat different foods and interesting. I think back of what I ate when I was a child and it was a lot more uh, a narrow selection of things than now. And I think I'm much better off for this diverse foods that we eat. And I, I think you will, you agree, will agree to. Absolutely. So, yeah. So again, thank you, Marissa, for taking the time to do this podcast. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at Marge, M-A-R-J, at MargeAndre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected.